Welcome to the Guardian Podcast with Ren Melberg. My name is Harold Nickel. This week on the podcast, Ren will discuss epics as part of the Agile project management philosophy. And Ren, when I hear the word epic, I'm thinking of the Iliad and the Odyssey or the rise and fall of the Roman Empire. I don't think of project management. What am I missing? Oh, not much. I mean, of course, epic is intended to mean epic. Okay. It is supposed to be big. It is supposed to be longer lived. Mm-hmm. Right. And the idea behind epics in agile, and it doesn't matter what form of agile we're talking about. Right. Mm-hmm. So under the umbrella, we have scrum, um, XP, safe, dad, lean, you know, there's a few others, right? Mm-hmm. But a fairly consistent thing is that an epic is epic, and it is the largest level or the highest level of planning. Okay. Okay, so no big surprise. Epics are epics are big. How does the team, though, realize an epic? Right. So because epics are so big, and... Um, in Agile, across the board, we break down work into bite-sized chunks that we call user stories, mm-hmm. right? So depending on the type of Agile you're working with, um, an epic can take a lot of forms. So for instance, in Save, we go epic feature user story. Mm-hmm. Right. In others, it may be expressed a little differently. Okay. So is an epic then merely just a big user story or is it a bunch of user stories that are bundled all together? Exactly. Okay. <laughs> so this is where I say <laughs> it depends. And somebody is like, oh, Ren. but it's the truth. So for instance, in Scrum, you often will see an uh, epic is a really big user story. Mm-hmm. So it's more than what one team can do in a single sprint. Okay. And that's okay because in our model, we don't necessarily have features as that in-between element. We're in safe, we do. Um, And sometimes we use these really big user stories, if you will, to bundle other smaller user stories in a logical way, um, either for release, or because you really need this bundle of user stories to express that value or whatever you're trying to create. Okay. So so then when we talk about features, one of the ways you listed, one of the ways you told us um, how to discern them was using a time box. Right. And this is one of the things really kind of handy about the safe model, right, mm-hmm. is one of the ways that we kind of assess early on what the work is, is it a user story, is it a feature, is it an epic, is we look at how long it would take an ideal team approximately to get the work done. Mm -hmm. So if it's less than two weeks, then that's a user story. If it's two weeks to three months, that's a feature. If it's three months to a year, then that's an epic. Oh, okay. So the calendar can be handy with these these as well. Uh, Right. And again, that's, um, you know, one ideal 
scrum team. Um, so five to nine, or yeah, five to nine folks on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the reasons we we bundle the work and expressions of features and epics too, is so that more than one team can work on it at the same time. Okay. Right. And so by creating a collection of the work that way, it helps to logically organize the work. Mm -hmm. It also helps to manage the dependencies to get that work done. Okay. So let me ask you this then. Are there different types of epics? Yes, (laughs) there are. Okay. So there are some epics that are purely an expression of business or customer need. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing with epics. And they like features. Um, they're they're more than a user story, so it's not just an end user's um, experience. We're talking about delivering defined business value. So an epic often will talk about um, competitive position. Mm-hmm. It'll talk about a new product offering. You know, it's something really substantive and meaty, um, and that's why you'll see. A lot of organizations, and in SAFE, we use a lightweight business case mm-hmm. to actually help define that epic. In terms of, um, you know, what is what is the benefit to the organization to make this sizable investment? And sometimes those investments are infrastructure. Mm-hmm. So sometimes they're operational. You'll see that a lot more. In epics, not just here's a new product or here's a way we're going to differentiate our current product. Okay. And in safe, the ones that are really an expression of, um, you know, some creating the architectural runway or something like that, those are often called enablers, mm-hmm. epic enablers. Right. Um, to sort of differentiate between the ones that are really driving business value versus the ones that are driving technical value. Okay. So can you give us a formula for writing epics like you did for features? I want to blank so that I can blank, something like that. Right. And the user voice, which you just did, I want, as a user, I want to blank. That's for user stories. Okay. Um, features, we, we're going to talk about what... Um, that feature is. Mm-hmm. So from from the user's perspective or from the business's perspective, what does that accomplish um, at that level? An epic, um, again, I, I usually work with my clients to do a lightweight uh, business case. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to look at, and, and again, we do try to do everything lightweight. Mm-hmm. And Agile, because we haven't talked about this for a while, but the truth is the law of diminishing returns for business analysis kicks in pretty quickly. Okay. It's usually a few days. If you know your business and you know your market and you know your company, you can usually analyze something like an Epic in a couple of days and get everything you're really going to get to know about that Epic. And Mm -hmm. after that, more time is just waste. You're not going to get significant bump in in value. There's not going to be that aha moment usually. Right. 
It just yep. doesn't happen very often. Um, you always want to leave the door open because that's one of our agile principles is to assume variability. Mm-hmm. But, you know, let's do a lightweight business case because that's going to get us the information we need quickly and succinctly. So you're going to talk about who are the customers you're doing this for. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those are internal, right? I talked about the operational infrastructure stuff. Um, who's going to do it? Mm-hmm. What is the solution you're looking for? Um, you know, some definition of the how, you know, the something that you're going to do. Um, it resp- and, and how it responds to the value. How this is unlike anybody else. And something about your solution, your epic, that is better than what you have or better than what someone else has. Okay, okay. And then other things you want to work on are your success criteria. So how will you know this epic is successful? Right. What's in scope? What's out of scope? And then your non-functional requirements. So things like scalability, reusability, etc. Mm-hmm. Okay. And most of the time, this fits on one eight and a half by eleven <laughs> sheet of paper. Mm-hmm. Um, as a rule, if it gets bigger than that, then it probably needs some more thinking and fine tuning. Um, so we talked about this before too: the importance of what we write in Agile being precise and concise. Okay. More words adds more opportunity for confusion. So that's why we want concise. Mm-hmm. Precise um, also clarifies. And so if we can be precise and concise, one, that means that we've really thought through it. Mm-hmm. And two, our chances of this being communicated consistently and effectively are much higher. Those are all good things. Um Right. And so, you know, that's also why we, you know, we're going to take our epic and our lightweight business case, right? Right. And we're going to, as soon as possible, get it in front of someone else for their feedback and their reaction. Right. Absolutely. So here's another nomenclature thing that I stumbled over. Okay. the the difference between epics and themes what what are they so a theme should be purely strategic okay <coughs> sorry um so i'm trying to think of your strategic goals i mean that's really the the point of a strategic theme and you know so you think of um Oh, I'm struggling. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, you know, we'll take it out. some companies, right, who are thinking about, um, I want to really make a big difference in our market. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to be number one, the number one provider in our market. That's mm-hmm. a strategic theme. And Epic is going to break that down a little bit and say, okay, well, but how are we going to do that? A strategic theme says what and why. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't say how at all. There's no expression of how. Okay. Right? And Epic, as you heard in the lightweight business case, does have some how. This Uh is how we're going to do it. Yes, it's still very high level, 
but it's still there. You still have an expression of how are we going to become number one in our market. Okay, so given the size then of 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 epics, are they resource intense? Yes, I think okay. inherently we could say much more than user stories. Okay. Right, even. It, and it doesn't really matter if we're talking about Scrum or, or Safe or Dad, right? Epics are the largest expression of your planning. So relative to any other planning that you're doing, epics are going to be more resource intense. Mm -hmm. And that's why we look at tools like the lightweight business case because that feels, a, an epic feels like a, a much larger investment mm -hmm. than a user story. And it should because it is. You're talking about committing a team or a team of teams to that work for usually a year, you know, three months to a year. Yeah. That's a that's a much bigger investment than a user story that averages, um, you know, five to seven days mm -hmm. on one team. So typically, with with big investments, whether it's time or money or both, you get scrutiny from the top. So how then can an Agile team remain autonomous with the executive staff, you know, all over you, looking over your shoulder because of this big investment? Right. Um, that is where uh, models uh, like SAFE can be pretty handy mm -hmm. um, in protecting the scrum teams, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, because you focus the executives on the epics and the features that are being delivered. Because mm -hmm. remember, the Agile release train really delivers features. Right. That's what they commit to. That's what they deliver every single planning increment, which is roughly a quarter, mm -hmm. right, 12 weeks. Um, and the team is delivering user stories. So it, it's a model that has a built-in buffer. Between that executive scrutiny, if you will, right. and the teams who are doing the execution. Now, it seems to me, you know, as an amateur, but it seems like you could fit a lot of goals, a number of goals under or as part of a single epic. So are these better suited to big organizations like or as part of a scaled agile framework? effort or is that, am I all wet? Is that a misconception? <laughs> so it goes back to how we're defining the epic, right? Mm -hmm. So in smaller organizations, I often work with them where an epic is like a parent user story. It's a really big user story mm -hmm. that has regular right size user stories underneath it. And we deliver that epic and it, it delivers a logical value. Okay. Okay. Um, in larger organizations, uh, which just happened to be what I've been working with lately, right? Mm -hmm. um, we do use SAFE. And so, of course, that epic is at that much larger uh, um, level. Mm -hmm. um, and we're talking about a lot more. <laughs> more work. Um, so it kind of depends on what is the right fit for the organization. So uh, another way to say that is we talk about fit for purpose. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, when we 
look at an organization what they do need to do. So think of one of the organizations that I was working with when we started doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. They had been doing Scrum for a while. They knew they needed to scale it. They weren't sure how they wanted to do that one model. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I did is I moved them away from epics as these big user stories and introduce them to features. Okay. The features, because they're more a more logical um, bundling of user stories and they have a defined business value or purpose mm-hmm. um, than an epic user story does, uh, really helps them start to think about, oh, this is how we can scale this. Okay. And they happen to go to safe. Okay, but thinking about the work in that feature first, um, it didn't matter. They could have stayed at scaled agile, they or scaled Scrum, excuse me. They could have gone to safe. They could have gone to bad. You know, in the in that feature thought process would have still helped them no matter what model they went to, which was the intention. Um, and then adding Epic on top of that is the overall. Um, sort of roadmap is another way I like to express epics or explain epics is think of that as the roadmap for your product mm-hmm. for the next nine to 12 months. That's a good analogy. Um, the roadmap, I think, uh, you know, everybody can, can relate to that. Right. And so finally then Ren, with the, with the time we've got left, how, how can anybody know that they're done? <laughs> with, with their epic, what's the criteria for success in this space? Right, and that's why I think you know having that lightweight business case again. Even if your your epic is an epic user story, that mm-hmm. lightweight business case is so lightweight you could still use it to really help your organization, your team think through what does it mean for this epic to be done. Like you said, what is the success criteria? Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't know that up front, it's really hard to be successful. Yeah. You have to have a picture of what success looks like and drive the work towards that. Um, and part of that is not just the success criteria on like purely numbers, like if it's just revenue. Mm-hmm. But that's also why of the non-functional requirements so that our success criteria is thinking not just about the short term, but the long term. How does okay. this fit into our overall business architecture? Right. How does this fit into our overall technical architecture? And make sure that the Epic does both of those things. If it isn't scalable, then we have to think about whether or not we're making the right choice. Mm-hmm. And if we come back and the solution isn't scalable, then we know we were not successful. That's, you know, one of our criteria. That's so well said. You know, we every week, you know, you help us kind of peel another layer of the onion back on uh, on this very unique and useful project management style and you know, like the name says, an epic is quite large in scope and it provides a high level description with a lot of other moving parts that are otherwise known as user stories. Now, for those of you listening, 
who may be new to the podcast, Ren has done shows that deal with each of these topics. The podcast about user story best practice was posted on November the 2nd, 2015, and then writing agile features was posted on January 25th, 2016. Those are each very easy to find on the iTunes podcast page. And you can just go to iTunes and type in Ren Melberg and you will be taken right to it. And not just those two programs, but uh, several others. In fact, about three dozen others. So look those up if you want to uh, bone up on what some of these other terms are and how they fit into this picture. And of course, remember to join us again next week on The Guardian Podcast with Ren Melberg.